Welcome to Thrive Church, everyone. I am so glad uh, that you're here with us today, whether you're in person or online. We welcome you to Thrive. I'm Judah, the lead pastor here at Thrive Church, and uh, we are one church in several locations, New Britain, Torrington, Terryville, and we welcome you here. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on uh, in the news uh, in the last couple weeks, and, and I just want to draw your attention uh, to one thing, and that is the, the plight of those who are living in Afghanistan who are serving God who are following Jesus Christ. Now, now you know, th there's all kinds of stories that are coming through the news, but, but I've heard uh, from several missionary organizations and pastors who are on the ground there saying that there's people going door to door, checking to see if there's Bibles in the home because it's illegal now to be a Christian and to own a Bible. So, number one, please be praying for... Uh, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in the country who are fearing for their lives and are trying to get out. And with that, um, if you want to do something to help, uh, we are going to be working uh, through a Samaritan's Purse, and they are on the ground there. Uh, they've been hiring airplanes, helping to evacuate people. They've helped 80 missionary families who weren't able to be airlifted out but by, by ground transportation to get these missionary families out. So if you're interested in helping in a real and a practical way, uh, we invite you to give to that. Um, and if you give to Thrive, and if you uh, make a, a, a note on there that it's for missions, or you can go online, thrive.church slash give. Give. And when you give, hit the drop down. This is missions. Um, we're going to send all those resources to help those who are in Afghanistan who are trying to uh, get to places of safety. So we'd like to invite you to do that. Um, this is the final week in our I Am series. We, we've kind of, you know, finally winding down. There was seven I Am statements. Next week, we're starting a, a brand new series called The Adventure. And, you know, I believe that living a life following God is supposed to be an adventure. And one thing that I love about adventures, and some people don't like about adventures, is that adventures are rarely safe, and you rarely know the outcome before you get there, right? So, so sometimes when you're in the middle of an adventure, um, it seems like a tragedy. And then you get on the other side, like, wow, that was really an adventure. But when you're in the middle of it, we don't always realize it. So it's going to be about, you know, this adventure that God has called us on, taking risks for the kingdom. So we'd like to invite you to come back next week, invite a friend as we start this new series about uh, and the adventure of following Jesus. But this week is, again, our final week in the I Am series. And this is the final statement that Jesus said that began with I Am. We, we see that that in the early days before Jesus was ever on the scene, people referenced, refer, uh, referenced to God as I am, but it was incomplete. And Jesus came and he filled in uh, the rest of the sentence with I am the, the good shepherd and I am the gate and I am the resurrection and the life and I am the bread of life and, and all of these things. And we're, we're concluding with the one today, I am the vine. And, and this is right after he had his last supper with his closest buddies. You know, they got together. Maybe, maybe you've been in church for a while. You know, the last supper, you know, Da Vinci painted it. They all sat on one side of the table for some reason. Like, I don't know why they did that, but they were all there. And, and that's when, when Jesus instituted, you know, communion and these things. Then after that, they're going to the, to the garden, and he's going to be arrested somewhere between that meal. Judas had already left. He was going to betray Jesus. Somewhere in there, Jesus begins talking these two final I am's, the one we did last week, and then, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and this one, I am the vine. He says here in 
John 15, 1. He says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Kind of, kind of a weird thing to say. You know, if you're hanging out with your friends, and one of them's like, I'm a grapevine. You're like, okay. <laughs> like, like, are we playing pretend now? Like, like what, what is it? She's like, I am the grapevine. They're like, okay, this is kind of weird. But Jews were actually very familiar with this symbolism of a grapevine. In Isaiah and elsewhere in the Old Testament, this is the part of the Bible, the, the Jewish history, the Jewish prophecy before Jesus was ever on the scene. Several times this, this metaphor of grapevines was used, and it was always used with Israel being the grapevine, and God kind of mad at this grapevine because it wasn't producing fruit. So they saw themselves as many ways as this grapevine. And it was usually kind of harsh, but, but they still related to it, so much so that Many ancient Jewish coins had grapevines uh, etched onto them. And the, the temple of the day where Jesus was, the temple uh, had these very ornate grapevines that was around the border of the entrance. I don't know if Jesus saw it on the way or not, but I kind of wonder if he did. If after he had this final meal with his disciples and they're, they're going to the garden, I wonder if they went past the temple and saw these grapevines there on this temple. I don't know if it happened that way, but Josephus said there was these huge vines made out of solid gold, and there were these grapevines, and all along the grapevines would be these clusters of golden grapes and golden leaves, and those came from wealthy people in the area who would donate, say, a, a, a gold leaf or a golden cluster of grapes some of the clusters of grapes, Josephus says, was almost as big as a person. There was these massive clusters of golden grapes all around. And they would see that, and they would, they would see the, the metaphor of this grapevine. So they see this, and this is a symbol that they're all very familiar with. And then Jesus steps in and says, hey guys, I am the grapevine. Not Israel. I, I, I'm the vine. I'm the vine. Now, again, they looked at the grapevine as being Israel, and Jesus said, you know, I am the vine. See, this idea that Jesus is talking about is that God has a vineyard, and in that vineyard is one vine, and even Israel, even the Jewish nation, needs to evaluate if it's a part of that vine or not. That you're not just automatically attached to the vine because of your heritage and where you were born. So again, he says, I am the true grapevine in verse 1, and my father is the gardener. Verse 2, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't pr produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. He's saying God is a gardener. And good gardeners prune. I, I have a fruit tree here. I don't really know a whole lot about pruning. But, but I, I do understand the principle of it, okay? The principle is that you cut away the dead or the overgrown branches or stems in order to increase fruitfulness. So here, let, let, let's prune something here. This will be fun. Um, here, this one doesn't look so good. Now, this isn't a grapevine. This is an apple tree. What are the chances of this branch ever producing apples? Like zero, right? It's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. But, but here is what will happen, is that the nutrients from the tree will not go into this. It'll go into other branches, which will then produce 
more fruit. I learned this through some raspberries that we have in our home. And we, you know, after we planted them, uh, the first year we had raspberries, the next year we didn't really have that many. And I, I didn't know at the time that you're supposed to prune them in order to produce more fruit. A gardener doesn't go and prune the trees, prune the grapevines. He doesn't prune out of anger. He prunes because he wants to produce more fruit. And yet God is pruning us. He's cutting some things away. And sometimes we like to think that, that God is doing this out of anger. Why is God letting this happen to me? But maybe, maybe it's because he's wanting us to be more fruitful. In your notes, if you're taking them, pruning produces fruitfulness. Pruning produces fruitfulness. See, the job of a branch, you know the job of a branch is on a fruit tree or in a grapevine? The job of a branch is simply to bear fruit for the vine. Have you ever noticed if you look at a grapevine or even a fruit tree that the fruit does not grow on the vine itself? That the apples do not grow on the trunk? They grow off of the branches. The grape clusters, they grow off of the branches from the vine. See, the vine brings the nutrients from the soil through the branches and to the fruit. Continues on here. In verse 4, he says, remain in me. Underline that. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. Just as this branch will never produce fruit because it has been severed from the very thing that provides nutrients and life. It says, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, Jesus says, says it again, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Do you want to produce much fruit? Do you want to be a fruitful person for the kingdom of God? He says, when you remain in me and I in them, you will produce much fruit. From Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. He says, remain in me. This word remain means to abide, to be as one, not to leave. If you remain somewhere, if you're a party at a party and you remain there, you know, until midnight or 1 a.m. And the, the host is like, okay, will you leave? Yeah, it's like, like you, you know, I'm remaining here, okay? It's like that means I'm not leaving. I'm not getting out of here. You, you continue to be present. And here Jesus is saying, remain with me, remain connected to me. But then he goes on, and then verse 6, he says, whoever doesn't remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and wither such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. This is kind of terrifying, to be honest with you. Because he's saying, like, he's the vine, and we're the branches, and if you don't produce fruit, you're going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. That seems a little harsh, right? Like, I mean, I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be thrown into the fire. But you can't bear fruit if you aren't connected to the vine. Many years ago, we had a, uh, a rogue storm in October. I don't know if, does anybody remember this? We had this giant snowstorm in October. Halloween was canceled that year, right? And uh, I mean, the whole state, like most of the state lost power. And we had all the snow that came down. And, and our, my, our family, you know, uh, we, we listened to trees falling down like that whole night. And got all the snow, uh, a bunch of snow out there. And, 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 you know, after the storm was over, I'm going out to, uh, to, 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 uh, to blow the snow. 
I have like this little, uh, it's, a, it's an electric snow thrower thing, and so it blows the snow. So I, I plug it in. I'm getting ready to start blowing it, and, and I squeeze the button to turn it on, and it isn't working. I'm like, oh, man, like what happened? Like that's just what I need is my snow blower to be broken in the middle of the storm. And I flip it over, and I'm looking, and I'm plugging it, I'm checking it, and then, and then it dawns on me. The electricity's out. So the very thing that I'm trying to do, like, like it's impossible now for me to bear fruit of this work to move the snow that is in my driveway because my house is no longer connected to the source of power which would once provide the power so that I could get the work done that I needed to do and I had to do it the old-fashioned way with a shovel. And I was like, man, I can't believe I did that. You know, I felt dumb because I forgot that I wasn't connected to the power source. And many of us were going along in life saying, why aren't things working out for me? Why am I not making progress? Why am I not accomplishing things? And maybe the reason why is because we're not connected to the source of power, the source of nutrients. We're not connected to the vine. In your notes, if you're taking them, a fruitful life is a result of a close connection with Jesus. The fruitful life is a result of a close connection with Jesus. If you're not connected with Jesus, you won't have a fruitful life. But if you are connected with Jesus, the result is having this fruitful life. See, see, nutrients can only flow to the fruit when they're connected to the vine. See, we draw our life from Jesus in the same way that a branch draws nutrients from the tree. As a branch draws nutrients from the vine... That's how we draw our life from Jesus. See, the branch has no life on its own. We removed the branch. We didn't harm the tree. See, the branch has no nutrients, no life on its own. It only produces fruit when it's connected to the vine. So, what does this fruit look like? If we turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The fruit of the Spirit. Sometimes, uh, if you've been in church for a while, some people call them like the fruits of the Spirit, like as if it's plural. It doesn't say fruits of the Spirit, though. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is singular. In other words, these are descriptors of the fruit that we are to produce. I have some, some grapes here. Um, whoops. You guys like grapes? Anybody like grapes? Anybody not have dinner and you want some grapes? You can't have them because these are mine. Um, these are good. So, they're kind of crunchy a little bit. And, and, and they're, they're very juicy. And they're very, very sweet. Uh, they're a little cool, got a little bit of a tangy flavor. They're, 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 they're very, very good. See, these are all descriptors of what this fruit is. I can say it's juicy, but that, that doesn't really encapsulate the wholeness of what the fruit is. I can say it's, it's sweet, but, but it doesn't say the whole thing. See, the, the fruit of the Spirit is different descriptions of the same fruit. See, this is what God longs to see in us, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what God wants to see in your life. This is the fruit that he wants to see our lives producing. See, a tree or a vine only produces that kind of fruit. 
Right? If, you have a, if you have an apple tree, it's not producing pears and pineapples and watermelons and, you know, and, and, and apples and grapes and everything. Like, it's not producing everything. It, it's, it's producing what it produces. In your notes, if you're taking them, the character of the tree determines the character of the fruit. See, if we are connected to Jesus, the fruit, that that will uh, display in our life is this fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If our life is, is producing some fruit other than this, then guess what? We're not connected to the vine. Maybe we're connected to something else instead. Maybe we're connected to the media. Maybe we're connected to, to influencers. Maybe we're connected to, to, you know, the news. Maybe we're connected to something else. If, if this is not what is being displayed as fruit in our life, that shows us that we're not connected to Jesus. And isn't it interesting that fruit is always visible? Like, fruit is not just something that's hidden. It's not like underneath the bark somewhere, right? But like, fruit is always something that's visible, well, you know, people can't really tell that I'm a Christian, but that's okay because, you know, I know it deep inside. It's like, like, no, no, fruit is always visible. That's why sometimes they'll call you a little bit fruity because, you know, it's like, like you see the fruit. The fruit, it should be displayed. See, the connected believer, the follower of Jesus who's truly connected to the vine will be displaying these characteristics. You may say, well, I look through this list and, you know, yeah, I got some love and joy, uh, peace, but in patience, no way. I, I ain't got no patience for nobody, right? It's like, this isn't like a pick and choose, right? This isn't like, a, like, like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Like, I'm going to get a little bit of that, but I, I don't need any of that. I don't need any self-control right now. Okay, thank you very much. You know, it's like, let's say, oh, I, I, have, I have some of these things, but, but I don't have love. Like, that, one, that one's just not for me. Like, I got, I got pay, peace and kindness, but, but no love. No, see, these are all descriptors of the fruit that God wants to see in our life. If you're not displaying these in your life, then there's a, a connection problem. Maybe you're not connected to the vine as you think you may be. See, the branch, the branch serves the vine by bearing fruit. We serve Jesus by bearing this fruit. And this ultimately answers the age-old question, what is the meaning of life? So many people ask this question, what is the meaning of life? The meaning of life for us is to bear fruit for the kingdom and the glory of God. It goes, it says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The reason that God put you here is to do good works, to bear good fruit for his kingdom. And it also, fruit only exists for someone else, right? The, the fruit, the grapes, don't exist for the benefit of the branches. The apples don't exist for the benefit of the tree. The, the fruit exists for the benefit of somebody else. When, when the fruit begins to consume itself, we have a term for that. We say it's rotten because it begins to consume itself. The fruit that we produce is the fruit of good works for other people. It's this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. See, some people say, well, I, you know, I come to church on, on Sunday. That's all the connection that I need. No, we need to be continually connected. We need to remain. I mean, I'm not leaving. I'm not walking away. doesn't mean you have to stay here all the time, but it means we're remaining in God's word. We're remaining in prayer. See, the, the evidence of if a branch is alive or not is the fruit that it bears. In your notes, the evidence that you are connected to Jesus is the fruit that you bear. Is your life producing fruit? 
do people look at you and say, there's, there's just something about, about you. You're just, you're just so loving, so patient, so joyful, so kind, so gentle, so faithful. You have so much self-control. What does your fruit look like? If you don't remain in the vine, then you risk being separated from Jesus. So, the question comes up, how do you then remain in the vine? Jesus goes on and tells us in uh, verse 7, still in chapter 15 in John, uh, John 15, verse 7. He says, but if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Underline that, my words remain in you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything. Underline that too. You may ask anything. You may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, underline that, obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and I remain in his love. A few words stand out. We underline them here. Words. Say, my words remain in you. This, you may ask for anything and this obey. See, when his words remain in us, how, how, do, how do his words remain in us? It, it remains in us by us immersing ourselves in the word of God, by reading scripture on a daily basis. I challenge everybody to read scripture on a daily basis. Even if it's only five minutes a day, even if it's just five minutes, every, every one of us, we can afford five minutes a day. Man, we, we spend more time uh, than five minutes doing all kinds of other crazy things. We can spend five minutes I mean, hey, some of you, 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 can, you can do that at stoplights. Like, I'm not advising it, but like, like you can say, you know, I, I can do you, know, you, you can listen to it. Spend five minutes at least every word. See, this is remaining in his word. We're immersing ourselves in the word of God. I'm not giving you permission to read while you drive, though. Okay, um, somebody's going to say, that's not safe. Um, here's the thing. We need to remain in God's word, and God's word remains in us because the more we remain in God's word, it permeates our lives. It's like tea. Right? Like you put your, the tea in the hot water and, and eventually, like initially you can tell the difference between the two, but, but before long the tea begins to permanently influence the water. When we allow God's word to seep into our lives, it begins to permanently change us. And so, so we need to, to have God's word filling our life by reading, by studying, by memorizing it. See, when you're connected to Jesus through his word, the next part of the verse becomes relevant, we find that our prayers start getting answered. It, it said there, what was the first part of uh, verse 7? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. See, most of us, we read that verse like, wow, I can ask anything and it will be granted. All right, I'm going to ask for a Lamborghini, man. Like, this is great. I, I want to win the lottery. And, and we, we skip over the first part. It doesn't just say, Randomly ask me for dumb things. Like, like he's saying, if you remain in me and my words are in you. See, because what is that doing? We're connected to the vine. So whatever we ask, we're now asking things that are in accordance to his will. See, our prayers always will fall short when we're not connected to the vine. And you know, it's when we abide in Christ, our prayers are effective. You want to pray effective prayers, powerful prayers, prayers that, that bring healing, prayers that bring freedom from addiction. Well, we need to start by abiding in God's word and letting God's word penetrate deep into our hearts. See, this is why regular worship and prayer and Bible study, these things are essential in the life of a follower of Jesus. And the more disciplined we are in pursuing God through these things, then the more fruit that we bear. And then it comes to 
the obedience. Oh, that was in verse 10. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. See, with, obe- with obedience to his word, we remain in his love. And you notes, God has chosen to express his love to the world through you. Imagine that. Like God's plan to show love to this world is you. You are God's plan to show love to your neighbor. You are God's plan to show love to your classmates at school. You are God's plan to show love to your coworkers. You are God's, lo- uh, God's plan to show love to your family. Like, like that is God's plan is to show love through you. But what happens is sometimes God looks at our life and says, well, you can be fruitful, but I need to remove a few things. Like, you can be fruitful, but I, but I, I got I to gotta remove a few things. I got to prune a few branches from your life. And this process may be painful because he's pruning you. We don't like to be pruned. Maybe he's pruning you. Pruning arrogance and pride from your life. Maybe he's pruning you from a bad relationship, pruning a bad relationship in your life. Maybe he's pruning you to remove some shame from your past. Maybe he's pruning you because there's some revenge and hatred that you've been holding on to. Maybe he's pruning you to remove some, some lust or some greed that has penetrated your life. And he's pruning you. And none of us, none of us enjoy the pruning process. Maybe he uses a a relocation to prune you. Maybe he uses a a sickness to prune you. Maybe he uses barrenness to prune you. Maybe he uses pain to prune you. Maybe he uses job loss or a breakup to prune you. To prune these things from your life that are not bringing him glory. That are not producing glory fruit not because he wants you to be miserable that's not his goal that's not his plan we'll conclude this section of verse by verse 11 here and he says i've told you these things so that you'll be filled with joy he's not looking to make you miserable he wants you to be filled with joy he says yes your joy will overflow the final thing in your notes is that even when pruning comes we can have joy even when we're going through a difficult circumstance a shaping circumstance a pruning circumstance that god has allowed into our life to shape us and to make us and to cut something out and we say god that's painful i don't want to go through it and he says don't worry because i'm working something in you i'm working in you because i want you to produce great fruit and we can have joy i'm not talking about happiness Happiness is is based on circumstances, happenings. You may just wake up one day and say, I just feel happy. I don't know why. I just feel happy. This is not happiness. This is the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. And we know that even when we go through times of pruning, God has not abandoned you. He's pruning you. 
because he sees potential in you. He's pruning you because you're producing some fruit, but he wants you to produce even more. See, God is the good gardener, and he cares for you, and he's shaping you, and he's removing things that are in the way so that you can produce more fruit. So don't resist the pruning. Instead, abide in the vine. Remain in his word. Stay close to him. Stay close to his word in prayer and obedience, and then we will see God produce great fruit through our lives. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. Let us abide in your word. Let us remain in your word. Let your word sink deeply into our lives. Let it change us and transform us and prune us. Lord, we give you permission now. We give you permission. We're a little nervous about this, God, but we give you permission to prune us. To cut away what is taking life away from the fruit that you want us to produce. If you're here today and you've never called the name of Jesus, won't you do that today? It says in Romans that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord, that you'll be saved. Won't you call on his name now? It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Won't you call on his name now and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. God, prune me. Shape me. Cut away the things in my life that maybe even I don't realize. And Lord, I trust you in the circumstance that I'm in. I trust you in the pruning circumstances, in the shaping times, in the difficulties I'm facing. I trust that you who have begun a good work in me, that you're faithful to complete it, that you're a good gardener, that you're pruning me, not because you want me to be miserable, but because you want to bring me joy, that you see potential. So, Lord, I yield my life to you and say, have your way in me and through me. Let me bear much fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.